Hi, I'm Becky Harmon, author and worker bee here at the Bella Books Warehouse in Tallahassee, Florida. Bella Books is proud to be the largest lesbian-owned press devoted to the publication of books written for, by, and about women-loving women. Welcome to our What's New at Bella podcast. Today, I'm happy to welcome my fellow Bella Books author, Louise McBain. Her debut novel, Claiming Camille, was released this month, February 2020. Louise and her family live in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. So how long have you lived in D.C.? So I moved in um, up here from Georgia in 1991. And I just, my my horizons just expanded. I was, I couldn't believe how smart everybody was. I couldn't believe how beautiful the architecture was. Everywhere I looked, I was like, wow, everybody was um they were they were living their best life I felt and I and I felt like I want to up my game I need to be on this level with these people you know um you look around and your neighbors are National Geographic photographers or they're judges or like these federal court judges these I don't know they're so smart you know and they all had something to share we laugh that there's just too many people to be friends with because they're all so interesting so yeah I, I love it I just absolutely love it and you say we so you have a family there with you Yes, I've been um, I've been married for 27 years. Um, wow, that's great! Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. It's a big deal. Um, the marriage. Um, we were just talking about it the other day about that um, the TV show Survivor and how on the beginning of that show, I don't know if anybody's familiar with it, but you have to pick a person that's your ally that you're not going to stab in the back and you're going to stick with to the very end, no matter what happens. And then you get the million dollars. And, you know, (laughs) and we've watched that show. And let me tell you, it is the only people who make that alliance the first day that winds up with a million dollars. Now, a lot of bad stuff happens, you know, but you have to say, wait a minute, that's the person I chose. That's what I said. And I'm going to stick with it because, you know, there's ebbs and flows in in everybody's life. You know, there really, really is. And a lot of it is picking the right person, you know, at the beginning of the show. But then you have to honor the alliance. You just have to honor it. So, yeah, I think that's kind of how it works. You have uh, children? Yeah. Several children? Yeah. I'm super proud of um, all my children. My my oldest daughter is in the MFA program at Columbia, and she got her acceptance letter two hours after Bella bought my book. So that was the most amazing day. And then my younger daughter, so I've got a 16-year-old daughter, she comes home, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, guess what happened to us? And she's like, well, I guess my straight A's don't mean anything. And I was like, yay! The middle one, um, I've got a 20-year-old son who uh, who lives with us and is in school here in D.C. We've got a full house. We have a, we're having a very good time. So go ahead and tell us about your pets. I know you have a dog because I've seen him on Facebook or her. Okay, so I have a dog and my dog has a dog. We don't like my dog's dog so much. We She's a sweetheart, but she's kind of a love the one you're with kind of gal. And if it wasn't for my dog, we would not have this other dog. So that's kind of how it works. Um, so, yeah, so I've got I, – I have a, a Wheaton Terrier, and his name is Freddie, uh, Frederick J. Goose. Absolutely love him. He's upstairs right now in my room because he would be all over me right now trying to see what was happening. <laughs> his dog, her name is Georgia. Um, we call her Peabody sometimes because she pees, and then we don't have any rugs in the house because <laughs> Peabody's a bad girl. But she's beguiling. She is. And, and I don't know. She flirts with everybody. And anyway, so that's Freddie's dog. So you grew up in Georgia? I grew up in Georgia. Um, 
and it's funny, I feel like we all have a bunch of different lives, you know, and my life in Georgia, it informs my life here a lot. It really does. I mean, I was a Southern sorority girl. I mean, I had the pearls and the bow in my hair and I, my wow. it comes down in my voice if I talk, but I know that girl. I know her, you know, and, and I have empathy for her. And I find that the more lives you've led, uh, and the more you honor those people in your head, that you can write those characters and you can know how they're feeling. So I politically, I have a hard time with those those people. I don't know we don't get into politics, but I don't right. think they're thinking too hard about politics. So that's that's my issue with those gals now. Um, but I still know a lot of them. You know, this is something we could talk about a little bit because I was um, an artist before I started writing romance novels. I was making a lot of protest art right up until the election. And that was what stopped me. That's what started me writing the romance novels is I had to, I had to go inside because I was working um, at the market on Capitol Hill. I was selling a lot of protest art t-shirts and different stuff. I it was such a gut punch for all of us, you know, but you're, you're there and it's in, in DC and everything is so, and then we went to the Women's March, which must, it was just the most amazing day. It was the most amazing day, but it didn't mean anything. I mean, except for we still had this clown, this, this, absolute buffoon that um so I just went inside my head and that's I just went to a place where I could create happiness and happiness for other people because the art that I was doing the other things I was doing it made me feel good it made me feel strong I was selling the stuff but then it was just like well, it doesn't mean anything you know I made this great bumper sticker for Hillary Clinton four people gave it to her and then she used my line at her speech she actually used my line I was couldn't believe it Okay. It was, um, without a ceiling, the sky's the limit. Okay. That was my line. And I put it on a bumper sticker and I sold a lot of, um, four people I know gave it to Hillary and then flipping Hillary said it. That was a very proud moment for me, but it's like, so that's why I started writing. Um, I had been reading a lot of romance just to kind of get my head away from it, but as a creator, because I create in a lot of different mediums, that's where I just had to put it. I had to put the creativity there just just to conjure up sex and romance and happiness. If you do it right, you are creating a physical reaction in somebody. It is an endorphin rush. Think about how many times you've wept or how many times like, woo, you know, it's because somebody has created that. And that is a gift. If you can do it, I mean, I just, I mean, that's what I aspire to. And those are the books that I like to read, you know, the ones that move me and So, yeah, much better than politics. Your art. Do you paint? Do you... See, that's I mean. Those are license plates. I cut up license plates and collage them together, but they would be... So that's abstract because what I would do... Because I'm I'm a writer. So it's a lot of wordplay, some really funny stuff and the wordplay stuff because the stuff that you could do. But then I'm also a Virgo, a little OCD, and so I would keep all the little pieces and I made abstract stuff out of the stuff that wasn't wordplay and so these are yeah those are just and i made i think i made three of those because you only have as much supplies you know i mean it it, whatever it was and what i loved about the license plate art was with the material dictated the art i'm i'm a i'm a scavenge artist now i mean i go down the potomac river every day and i drag things out of the river and i make stuff out of it but i see what i see 
So my art is all over my neighborhood is where it is. Um, I, my sister had a 50th birthday party for me a couple of years ago and she went and collected all of this giant artwork and she put it up in her house and it looked like a gallery. And I was blown away because you forget about it sometimes, you know, your own art that you've made. So actually currently there's art. I've got, um, I've made some mobiles that are um, at a gallery at the Watergate right now. There is some art for sale at a show in Georgetown, but I think that show's almost over. These are pieces of glass that I found in the Potomac River. It's like, it's like sea glass, but I call it DC glass. Um, and because <laughs> you don't see the words on, it's not completely obscured like good sea glass, but it's, you'll still see like what it'll say Washington on it, but it's still, but it's soft. So I drill holes through it and attach little mirrors and have um, the driftwood is just amazing. I mean, it's like doing all this kind of stuff and speaking to me. And then, so I I had an art installation hanging on my front porch and the gallery owner walked by and was like, whoa. And, um, and she put me in her show. So all of those mobiles are now hanging in, in the Watergate. Yeah. So you could, there is some stuff somewhere. And for anybody that's listening and wants to see some things, they can follow you on Facebook. Because you often yep. post when you retrieve things from the forest or from the water, you often post the pictures Absolutely. of them and oh my tell gosh. people what this you morning, see. <laughs> we were out this morning with my friends, and we go out every single morning on the Potomac, and um, and we're mudlarkers is the is actually what it's called. <laughs> and that they, in, and in England, if you're a mudlarker, you have to have a license because there's so many valuable things you can find along the Thames. But the Potomac people are eh. so we're looking and we're looking for items of for me. I'm looking for items of whimsy. Um, um, I have a friend who is an archaeologist. He's looking for prehistoric things, you know, whatever you see. And so we have um, an Instagram account called Rivers Finders Keepers that anybody could follow that every single day we post the stuff we find and it is wild. I mean, some of it is a Glock. I found a Glock under the bridge. You know, I found an entire cow two miles from Georgetown. It's just so, I found a message in a bottle from 1975. The stuff is, I found four, four, four bowling balls I found, um, four. It's like, what the heck? Why are people throwing bowling balls off the chain bridge? We, We just don't know. Um, uh, today we saw the most beautiful thing. This was, um, we're sitting on the banks of the Potomac and we look down and there's this like pyramid shaped pool and in it, it's just a rock formation, but it looks like George Washington's face. It really looks like George Washington's face. So you snap a picture of it and you put it up on, on our site. That is something that's called pareidolia. Are you familiar with pareidolia? No. So it's something that I have, uh, a condition it's where i see faces everywhere and a lot of people have it children have it i've done some reading um it actually comes from a primal place of being able to see like a jaguar in the forest seeing a face that shouldn't be there right so they say anxious people have it more they say women have it more children have it more but i i see it everywhere i see faces everywhere i see bodies and a lot of the stuff that i document on facebook and on our you know other Social media is the pareidolia, the, the things that come out of other things. So my, my mother um, does not like this ability of mine at all because I ruin her clothes for her all the time. Oh, I'm like, Mom, there's a rooster heads on that dress. And she'd be like, I'm never going to be able to wear that dress again because now I'm going to be seeing rooster heads. And I was like, well, you should not have bought the rooster head dress and worn it around me because, you know. 
That's what's going to happen. Nobody wants a rooster headdress. Come on. Nobody <laughs> wants a rooster headdress. You know, I posted a picture one time of this seatbelt that looked like um, a head from Easter Island on one of my Instagrams. And a buddy said, um, hey, sometimes it's just a seatbelt. And I'm like, you know what? There is plenty of room on my cloud. You want to get up on my cloud with me? Come on up on my cloud, you yeah. know? Come on up <laughs> on my cloud, baby. There's plenty of room. It's comfortable up here. I don't know. I hit a wall. I mean, I really hit a wall and just started writing. And the, it was, it's therapy for sure. You know, any art that you're creating, whether you're gardening or um, cooking, it's the joys in the process, you know, right. we all know that. And if you don't know that, if you, I mean, you know, maybe when you're 20, you don't know that, you know, but hopefully as you get older, you realize I'd like to feed my family with this, but really I'm just feeding my soul. Louise and I will be right back after this short break. If you like the sound of the music being played during this podcast, then I encourage you to check out Jamie Anderson's collection of unique and original songs. Jamie has been singing and playing music since high school and began writing songs when she got bored with singing other people's songs. Bella Books published her memoir, Drive All Night, in 2014, and her second book, An Army of Lovers, in 2019. An Army of Lovers covers women's music in the 70s and 80s. You can hear Jamie's music, see her tour dates, and check out her YouTube channel at her website, jamieanderson.com. Welcome back to the What's New at Bella podcast. I'm your host, Becky Harmon, and with me today is Bella Books author Louise McBain. Her first novel, Claiming Camille, a romance, released this month, February 2020. Claiming Camille follows Camille Robbins from her partnership track at the prestigious San Francisco law firm to the D.C. branch where she worked years ago. Spurned lovers and fiery redheads bring chaos to Camille's life. So what can you tell us about Claiming Camille that won't give away anything in the story? I I got the idea. This was, um, I had read an article in the Washington Post and it was a woman in her 60s and she had just found out that her high school teacher who she had had an affair with had been having affairs with all sorts of high school girls, you know, his whole career and he was being he was going to jail and she was gutted because she thought that that was just her and it was just a special relationship between her and the guy so where are you at 60 you're everything's corrupted like your your memory of it is corrupted so I just kind of kind of blew my mind I was like wow you know if your memory of something is different from what actually happened you know is it still real or not I, I you know so that's kind of where I where I started with it. So I, 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 I dreamed up Camille, who'd had um, a very definitive relationship right out of law school for a couple of years with a very powerful, dynamic woman. But they, you know, they had to keep it a secret because most big law firms have no fraternization rules because there's all sorts of conflicts of interest. And so and that is a real thing. 
And so they kept it a secret and stuff happens um, and they break up and Camille moves to San Francisco and so like leaves that relationship behind. Um, and when she comes back to Washington, her memory of what happened and what actually happened are two separate things. And she's got to deal with that. And I just, I just, I think that's a really interesting place to start. So that's what it was. And so claiming Camille, the name of it, is that, that her first lover didn't claim her. I mean, she wasn't claimed. She was, she was a secret, you know, right. and there's something really dirty, a feeling bad feeling about being somebody's secret, just to be invisible, you know? And right. so for a lover, for your invisible to, to be claimed, to be publicly claimed. So this is, that's where the fiery redhead comes in. You know, she's sees her it claims her just to have that it just fills you up i mean it's a it's a it's a love affair with dc too i'm obsessed with dc i i think it is a beautiful city i think it's the best kept secret in the country because it is tiny it's just tiny and everything is kept up by the national park service so it is beautiful and clean and the museums are free and it is getting super hip. I mean, really, really hip. Maybe I'm just getting older, so it seems hipper, but I don't know. We've got the natural parks. I, I just, I love it. I absolutely love it. Everybody here speaks two languages. Everybody's been to grad school. It's the smartest city in the country. It's an international city. I love it. And I'm claiming Camille is set um, in D.C. for that reason. And the book I just finished in D.C. And D.C. is part of the love story, you know, for me, because I love it. I love it. I like that keeping a, a book in the area where you live and you end up doing a little bit of research about the area that you actually know uh -huh. gives the readers a little more insight to the author when you're writing in the area that you that you actually live in. So, so some good places in D.C.? Some of the places are, are accurate, and then some of them I made up. Okay. So what's your favorite? So the, the, there's a great scene in the 930 Club, which is this great great bar in DC. It's, it's, I think it's been three different uh, versions of it. Um, and I've been to two of them and it is the best rock club in this city. It's just, I love it. And I've seen so many shows there and I, and I've, I've actually, I used to be in special events. So I've worked shows there. I know the whole building and to write this totally outrageous scene in the 930 club was really, really fun because I've spent a lot of time there and worked events there so I could see it all. And then I, I make up a diner, um, in, Adams Morgan. I write a lot about Adams Morgan, which is a really cool neighborhood. And I make up a diner that could be there, but it's it doesn't actually exist. But I would love for that diner to exist, but it is, doesn't. Is that where the setting is? It's set in um, Woodley Park, Adams Morgan, and DuPont Circle are the three neighborhoods in D.C. that it's set. Great. So anything about the book that you would think that would intrigue someone enough to read it that we may not have covered on yet? You know what? Um, it's funny. I'm a humor writer. I, I, I write humor columns for years. I was that gal on the back page of the magazine, you know, that, that column, that funny column. Um, so, yes, there's humor throughout the entire book. That That's what sets, I would say, my contemporary romance apart from all the ones that I love is that I am actually going for a humor component. Okay. You're supposed to laugh. Good. And what are you working on right now? I have just finished. Um my next Bella book, which they're saying December, maybe earlier, maybe Charlotte is the name of it. And I got the title. This is great uh, story. There is a, we have a basement apartment and this gal, um, she is the daughter of a friend of mine needed an apartment. And so her name is Charlotte. So Charlotte moves in into the basement, but 
her mom had been the one texting me her phone number. So when Charlotte would text me, it would come up on my phone, maybe, maybe Charlotte. Charlotte. And I was like, all right, that's my book title. And then I told Charlotte, I'm like, honey, I know you're moving, but you are going to be my next book title. Because, <laughs> and, and then it was so funny because you can just write, you could just take that name and then just write the whole book from that. And that's how it started. Okay, so one last thing before we wrap this up. So I'll start by telling everyone that you had teamed up with Jesse Chandler and Amy Bryant, the two other Bella authors that had new releases in February. And you guys did a Q&A, which is currently available on the Bella Media channel. It's informative and interesting. And you know what I'm going to ask. Everybody wants to know about your talent. So let's hear about your wiggling ears. Well, I just can't believe everybody can't wiggle their ears. It's just this thing that I could always do. And then people other people couldn't do it so then I stopped doing it in public okay so much ear with <laughs> but I do retain the ability um, you can do your whole entire scalp or you can just do the ears okay so if you do the ears it's just a see? oh my gosh yes that the whole scalp. that is unbelievable uh, it's not really attractive <laughs> Well, luckily, this isn't a video podcast. Thank this God. is just a, this is just a, so I can, I am the witness. So anybody that wants to meet Louise and see her ears wiggle can check her out at, I believe you're going to be in Clexicon in, or which is in Las Vegas in April. Absolutely. I'm super psyched to go back to Vegas. Um, I just found these pair of snake pants um, in my drawer. I was doing the Marie Kondo thing in my drawers and I, I said, snake pants i used to call them my vegas pants so so yeah look for me in the snake pants great and then in july you will be in albuquerque with us for gcls i'm not sure i hope so i haven't locked that down yet but definitely okay. in vegas okay and anybody can look you up on facebook louise mcbain and you want to give that yeah yeah for the, for the the mudlarking instagram it's called rivers finders keepers okay all right Quickens with my heart I don't want to drive slow So that's it for us today. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you'll share it with your friends. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll be the first to know who I'm chatting with. You can share your likes and dislikes of this podcast by reaching out to Becky at bellabooks.com. We are rushing forward. I'll take you. I'll take you anywhere. Bella Books is proud to provide books where the woman always wins and the story lingers in our minds long after the last words. Special thanks to singer-songwriter and Bella Books author Jamie Anderson for the use of her song Drive All Night during this podcast. You can find out more information about Jamie, including a link to her YouTube channel at jamieanderson.com. All night. Drive.